Welcome to Fort State Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. I'm excited to be here today. It is a beautiful day in Central Texas. Man, just perfect weather. We played volleyball this morning as a staff. Best day of work I've ever had in my entire life. Today did start a little odd, though. I, uh, I woke up wide awake at 5 o'clock in the morning. And uh, because of how bad my allergies are, if I sleep with my mouth open at all, I'll get sick. So like right now, my uvula, that little thing that like hangs down in your mouth, I woke up this morning, it was like sitting on my tongue. I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> I don't think that's healthy. So um, I've just been pumping liquids today. I think I've had like 78 million gallons of water, uh, a gallon of sweet tea, a gallon of lemonade, and you know those like Hall's packets that you can, the small ones that you can buy at the gas station? I bought some at 10 o'clock this morning. We're recording this. It's 5.56 p.m. right now as we're recording this. I know it's confusing if you listen on the radio because you're hanging on Thursday morning, but whatever. I'm from the past. I have two of those hauls left. Just two. I've just been eating them like they're candy. But it's been a fun day. And uh, I have some great news to share. Fantastic news. My prayer life in the last week has been better than it's been in a very, very long time. And I say that to brag. You know, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't say it to brag, but I say it to share as a testament. This is, you know, the whole, like, God wants to give his children good gifts, right? A lot of times I'm, like, scrounging for stuff to talk about on the show. We record on Tuesdays at 5.30. Most time on Tuesdays at 5.28, I'm like, hey, what do you want to talk about today? Today. I have eight segments ready to go, and we only have two segments because obviously in in the second segment, every time we have a fantastic guest and where you get all get a break from hearing me talk for 18 minutes, you get to hear somebody else talk for half of it. It's just, it's just my weekly gift to you because I love you so much. So today as a testament to my prayer life going well, these segments just keep coming up in my prayer. New things are being revealed to me. It's like, oh, it's like prayer works or something because I have been given the gift of eight segments for you. That's how you know your prayer life is going well. It deter- if, if your radio show prep is going well, then your prayer life is going well. So for the two of you that listen to the show that have podcasts or radio shows, that's my advice to you. For the rest of you, I don't know. You pray and send your radio ideas to me and I'll do them. How's that? But I don't need any help today because I have eight segments planned. But in a sense, I do need help today. I need help from my friend, Sam. Hey, Sam. Um, Yeah, my producer that's on her phone and not paying attention. Sam, how are you doing this evening? It's nice to see you. You didn't tell me I was talking today. I definitely did. I said, you're deciding what we're talking about. And then you're like, well, I'm on Snapchat. I wasn't on Snapchat. What, what were you doing? I was on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. What's what's going on? What's the news? Well, I was trying to figure out this weird story, something about this kid that won't get life lighted or something. Uh, I don't know anything about it. Oh, so yeah. I was trying to figure it out. That's, yeah. That's not one of the topics. For that's, today. Not, that's not one of the topics. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, that's we're recording this on Tuesday and it's the big story about the, 
the young child in Britain who has mm-hmm. been taking, who's getting taken off of life support against his parents' wishes because of the government or something. I don't know. Uh, it's a very sad situation, and it makes me very happy to be American. I'm glad we we kicked out the British because that's <laughs> that's just that's just rude. It's just they're just being jerks, and I don't like it. So that's for true. the four people that listen to this in Britain. I apologize. <laughs> You're not a jerk. You're, you four are not jerks. Yeah, it's just a sad situation. It really is. Way to bring the show down, Sam. Sorry, you asked me what I was doing. <laughs> this is your fault. R- remind me to never include you ever again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, here's what we're doing, Sam. Okay. Uh, we have eight topics. Eight. I'm going to list them in order. And you- put them on a wheel. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. And I wouldn't need you. It's true. <laughs> You are going to decide which one we talk about first. Okay. If we finish with that one and have time for another one in this segment, we will do it. Okay. If not, we will do it in segment three. Do you understand the terms that you are agreeing to? Yes. This is a great responsibility. And like we talked about last week. With great power comes great responsibility. Amen. We talked about Spider-Man. Finally, we had that segment planned for a month and a half and finally (laughs) got through it last week on episode 79. If you missed it. There's this thing called a podcast that you can listen to, (laughs) ForteCatholic.com slash radio, or you can search ForteCatholic on any way that you listen to podcasts and listen to it there. I love the fact that people are listening to this right now on the podcast. They're like, no, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what they're doing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right, Sam. Nailed it. Here's what we got. Last week, and we're not supposed to talk about stuff that has already happened, but you know, we kind of have to, because last week on episode 79... I asked you the same question. I only had two topics. Right. They were? Marriage and service. Marriage and service. Some would argue it's the same topic. but Hey-o. <laughs> <laughs> hey so, um, I don't know. That was, that was, hey-o. That's not what I was thinking. I, guys, those of you listening that are trying to get me in trouble, I didn't say it. Sam did. I didn't say F- it. Okay. <laughs> All the people on the podcast are like, "Yes, she did." We just we just did hit that button where we went back fifteen seconds to figure out to who listen, said what. see who said what. Okay, we can talk about marriage because last week you decided that you wanted to hear me talk about marriage, mm-hmm. and then I told a fifteen minute joke and never talked about marriage. It's true. So we could stick with that one as your pick. Okay. Or the second one. Can you guess what the second one is? Service. Service, right, right, right. Okay. I think I know which one wins out of those two, but there are six more. Okay. Ambition. Oh. Like Christianity and ambition. Can we do it? Can we not? How do we do it if we can? hmm Number four, since we are still in this Easter season, we are reading from the book of Acts, and there are some crazy stories, two in particular, that I found myself literally laughing out loud in mass. Like I'm that guy. Like the guy. Like people are like praying and being holy. And I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two of those stories from the Book of Acts. Okay. Um, I have uh, number five. It's kind of like an intro or an outro for a segment because it's bad puns, and I only have about seven of them, so I just read through them. So okay. just you know, just the whole making Catholicism fun again um, idea. Just some bad puns to just throw in there at some point. Okay. Um, number six, what happens when Taylor is thinking about other religions when driving to the radio studio? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, Taylor's thoughts on Buddhism there you go. Okay. <laughs> and, and other religions. Uh, number seven, taking risks. Some would argue that uh, the previous segment is taking a risk, but taking risks. Okay. Okay. And, and then the eighth one 
is a segment that you will be leading on guilt and shame. We had a conversation about guilt and shame the other day. <laughs> we did. We did. So, and you said we should talk about that on the radio. And now you seem surprised by, by the fact that we might talk about it on the radio. <laughs> I think I thought I said you should talk about that on the radio. That's not how this works. Okay. okay. So, you understand, you understood the terms. Yes. There are eight topics. And yes. now I've wasted half a segment. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Which one do you want me to talk about right now? Marriage. Marriage. Because okay, we didn't good. finish. It just makes sense. Because we didn't finish it. Okay. So here's the premise. I, uh, <laughs> if you missed the setup for this talk, listen to the <laughs> listen to the end of episode 79. I told a joke. It was very funny. And then I talked to kids about marriage at Mackenzie's Youth Night. Mackenzie's here. And she she's very good. She wrote down all the topics. And she's going to knock out the ones that we have done. Here's the premise. Are you ready? Are you ready? God, you heard of him? Okay. He created men and women in his own image and likeness. Haven't said the word marriage yet. Next word. Matrimony is called to image the self-donating love of the inner life of the Trinity and Christ's nuptial relationship with his church. I'm giving this talk to junior high students. (laughs) And I, I read that statement, and then I said, how many of you did not understand more than four words in that statement? 84% of them raised their hand. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to sit here. I just sat on the table with my legs swinging un- under the table. I said, we're going to talk about marriage for a while, and then at the end, I'll read it again, and we'll see if it makes sense. Is that a deal? And they all said, deal. I said, okay, here we go. The father's plan involved creating a man. That rhymed. (laughs) And yes, you can already see it coming. I did make a God's plan reference, hashtag Drake, in this talk, and four people got it. So you're welcome to the four of you. God created a man. The man was lonely. Got, because there were other animals already created. Adam already had this desire that he didn't even understand completely. He had a desire for communion with someone else, to be one with someone else, to have a relationship with someone else that wasn't just God. And he looked around. He's like, nope, that lion is very scary. I don't want to be friends with that lion. It's like that porcupine. Uh, nope, nope, not going to go there. So God seeing that desire that he put in Adam, gave the man a woman. And the purpose of, the, of marriage was to bring the two together, and it says in Genesis that they should be fruitful and multiply. So I looked at this, and I was like, okay, that's the father's plan for marriage. What does that look like to me? Okay, so God created a man. God created Taylor. And I showed them a picture of me as a baby. Actually, I couldn't find a picture of me as a baby. So I put up this very scary picture of like Rowan Atkinson's face on a baby. It's the scariest thing you'll ever see in your life. (laughs) Mackenzie was there. She's like currently squirming in her chair. And then the man was lonely. Taylor in junior high and high school was very lonely because the girls didn't like him. And frankly, Taylor didn't like him. (laughs) So I was very lonely. And then uh, fast forward through a lot of pain, 
hurt, and loneliness, and immense sadness. God gave the man a woman. I met the woman of my dreams in college, and the next day I met my wife. I'm just kidding. That was a terrible joke. I apologize. I was able to marry the woman of my dreams a month after college, and it was awesome. The purpose was to bring the two together. We, we did. We were a long-distance relationship. She went to school in Florida. I went to school in Texas. People, like I hear people now, I'm that guy. I'm like the old crotchety guy now. They're like, oh, I'm in a long-distance relationship. He lives 30 minutes away. It's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> My wife lives 1,600 miles from me. You'll be fine. Okay. That's, that's uh, old crotchety Taylor. That should be a segment on the show. Old crotchety Taylor. Mackenzie's writing this down. It will happen. Coming soon to an earbud near you. Okay. So the perfect plan was for was for them to come together and to be fruitful and multiply. Those are the two goals of marriage within God's plan. That man and man and woman should grow closer to one another in marriage and then also to you know this whole like continuing of the species thing like be fruitful and multiply um, form intentional disciples with your wife you know like that that sort of thing like the greatest way to make new disciples is to make new disciples and here's the beauty of marriage so take a carpenter even Jesus himself was a carpenter right what he created in his carpentry workshop he created all of those materials at the beginning of time. The wood he was using, the metal for the tools. So you and I, anytime we create something, for instance, when I create this radio show and podcast, I'm doing it with speakers, with technology that is way above my pay grade. <laughs> that like I could understand somebody smarter than me had to make all this stuff so that you could hear it. You listening in your car, which is a technological achievement that's insane, or you're listening on your iP- iPod or your iPod. Who has iPods anymore? You're listening on your iPhone, you're listening on your on your Android or whatever you however you are consuming the show. <clears throat> all of that was created with materials from this world and with with and with human intellect which was created by God so there is nothing that we co-create with God other than children it's the only creation that the only thing that we can create that there was something that, that there is something from nothing the only thing because like the, even the greatest architect or the, the greatest artist in the world, like, Mike, uh, like Michelangelo, when he creates something beautiful out of stone, like he didn't create the stone. So marriage gives us this great opportunity to co-create with God. And it's a lot of fun. But like any, any perfect plan from the father, people messed it up. <laughs> We're very good at messing things up. It's actually our greatest quality. And that's a sad reality. So sin put a separation between Adam and Eve and Adam and God. And even Adam and Eve and God. Jesus came to fix that separation both between the people, to fix that separation between Adam and Eve, because like right when they sinned, they realized that they were naked. There was something between them. They hid themselves, they hid themselves from each other with the fig leaves, and then they hid themselves in the bushes of the trees from God. 
So when, we, when, when they choose, they chose to not follow God, and that leads to division and heartache. <clears throat> With marriage, we can do the same thing. And, and many of us, whether we've experienced it firsthand or from our parents or from others in our, in our families, God's perfect plan for marriage is, is often not carried out, through, whether, whether it's through divorce um, that pri- I mean, that's the, that's the primary one, right? Like 50% of marriage is ending in divorce. It's like, that's where God's perfect plan leads to this division and heartache. And those are really tough situations. But the, also a tough situation was Adam and Eve being kicked out of the garden and then being far from God. God can still breathe life into, de- into those dead places, just like he did for Adam and Eve. Just like he came and he ultimately fixed that situation, he fixed the heartache, he fixed the division by sending his son Jesus, he can do that for you today, even if this, this gift of marriage has been skewed in your mind for whatever reason. So, God created men and women in his own image and likeness. Just like God, the Trinity is a community of, of persons loving the others. That's what our marriage is, a community of two people loving each other. In matrimony, we're called to image the self-donating love, that giving of love to one another that is from the inner life of the Trinity and Christ's relationship, nuptial relationship with his church. We did it, Sam. We talked about marriage. We will be right back. Uh, Returning to the show is Trent Horn with probably my favorite topic we've ever talked to him about. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. I'm thrilled to have a repeat guest, a regular guest, back on the show today, Mr. Trent Horn from Catholic Answers. Trent, how are you doing this afternoon, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm really glad to have you on again. And this one happened this like how we got you booked is probably the best story of how i've gotten somebody booked ever uh i sent you an email and you were you replied from the city of jericho so i feel very special that i received an email from jericho the last i heard of them was about uh, i don't know a thousand two thousand years before christ you know in the old testament so it's nice to hear that two thousand years after christ i can receive email from there how was your trip to jericho and the rest of the holy land uh, it was great. I, over Easter, took part in a 12-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I led 45 people through there. We spent Easter in Jerusalem. Uh, Jericho, we, we spent uh, two nights there, actually. Uh, Jericho is actually the oldest occupied city in the world. So there are some cities that are older, but this is the oldest continuously occupied city. Um, it's uh, not the most robust city economically, I will say, but there were very friendly people there. Uh, it's within uh, the Palestinian territory. So, you know, we had to understand a little, bit, a little bit about Israeli politics going around. But it was a great experience in that area. We saw the Mount of Temptation. We saw where Jesus was baptized. And I think the pilgrims got a lot out of it. That's, uh, yeah, that, that was going to be my... So all of that stuff is in Jericho? You saw that there? Yeah, so outside of the city is because Jesus was baptized in the, the region of the Jordan River beyond Bethany. And so this is the area outside where Jericho is. 
Uh, also, the site, the traditional site of the Mount of Temptation is also there. And they have the Tel, uh, which is an archaeological term for the site where the Israelites conquered the walled city of Jericho. It's described in the book of Joshua. Yeah, that's really interesting, because when I hear Jericho, that's the primary story that I remember is, you know, walking around the walls for seven days and, and then blaring their trumpets yeah. and the walls crumbling down. So I was wondering, have they rebuilt the wall <laughs> or, or is it just the site? Um, well, I mean, it's a modern city. They have the, the they have found the site, I believe, where the ancient city was during the conquest period of Israel. Uh, but it, Jericho also appears later in Scripture. Uh, Jesus healed a blind man there when he was walking through the city. Uh, it's an important waypoint for people uh, on their way to go from the desert up to the mountains into Jerusalem. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's a great segue right into our conversation, because a lot of times people say that visiting the Holy Land is like the fifth gospel. you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you get something new from uh, actually being there, but obviously there's not a fifth gospel. That's heresy. And we are going to be talking about common things that are said within the church, things that are attributed to saints that are not true. Um, We're going to be talking about your new book, What the Saints Never Said, Pious Misquotes and and the Subtle Heresies They Teach. Before we dive into it, I just have to tell you that um, one of my producers read it as Pious Mosquitoes. Uh, which is incorrect. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and the thing that I like, you know, you have your uh, your subtitle is Pious Misquotes and the Subtle Heresies They Teach. My subtitle that I would suggest if I was your publisher, and we'll see if you like this or not, is uh, I would have said Trent Horn, Destroying Centuries of Fake News. Do you like that, hate that? How do you feel about that subtitle? We have thought about fake Catholic news, and I think that comes <laughs> up in some marketing materials. But yes, it is very common. This is similar to the fake news epidemic that we're we're enduring right now. Yeah, so I, I explained it poorly and mentioned mosquitoes. Why don't you explain it in, in, uh, in uh, your fantastic terms? Sure. Uh, so the book is about sayings that are commonly attributed to saints and other famous Catholics that are apocryphal. They either never said them, someone else said them, or the real quote is a little bit different. And just to make sure that we give the, the saints the credit that they're due, and others the credit they're due for these pieces of wisdom, but also to point out some of these apocryphal quotes have errors and subtle heresies, things that contradict our faith built into them. So I want to root that out and replace it with the authentic wisdom of the saints we do have. I love this idea so much. We have a segment on the show th- called Things Jesus Never Said, and you've, you've taken it one step further, and I just love this idea so much because obviously the truth matters. Facts matter, as we hear with the whole fake news thing, right? This stuff actually matters, and like even in reading, I looked over a list of some of the quotes that you tackle in the book, and some of them are like, yeah... That one's problematic. I can see that. Other ones, I'm like, I really like that quote, and I'm actually kind of sad now to hear that they're not real, and I want you to prove me wrong and, and tell me why I've been misled this entire time. So uh, to start sure. off our conversation, of all, you tackle 40 of them. What is the, the biggest grievance, the one that rubs you the wrong way the most, the one that you hear and you're just like, I can't stand that saying, and this is why it's not actually from the saint? Preach the gospel, use words if necessary. Amen. That's why, it's not, that's why it's chapter one, and it is the one I detest the most. And why uh, is that? Attributed, right, so attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. People, it's not bad if you take the quote to mean, make sure your actions correspond to what you preach. Right. That's not bad. 
the problem is that the, the two words, if necessary, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. And it implies that you should try to avoid using words as if words are a bad thing. You should you know, not use them, which doesn't make sense at all. St. Paul talks about the importance of preaching. How can they believe if they have not had anyone to preach to them, as he says in Romans? Uh, also, St. Francis of Assisi was an excellent preacher. He used to <laughs> preach... He preached on things like hellfire and repentance and moved people to tears with words. So there's nothing wrong with preaching. It's just don't be a bad preacher. Be a good one who shares the words of Jesus Christ with other people. Don't be a bad preacher. I wish that was a saint quote that we could share with some people. But right. That, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so if Right. You- and so, well, I wanted to add also, yeah, with, uh, with this quote, I mean, to give an analogy to show why it's bad. Imagine if I gave marital advice and I said, love your spouse, use words if necessary. Now, if it just means show acts of kindness, that's fine. But if you only did acts of kindness and never verbally affirmed your spouse, you'd actually be worse off. So words and deeds go hand in hand. Yeah, that's the whole, uh, how often should you say you love your wife before someone else does? That's the answer to that question. So, right, right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I remember being at a mass at Franciscan University, you know, named after St. Francis, and the the president of the school was celebrating mass. He was like, dear God, please stop believing this. <laughs> like, I am a preacher. Like, that's, that is what I do. You need that's to right. use both your words and your actions, like you said. So I like how you, and, and this is what you do in the book. You take the, the quote, you don't just say, this is bad, don't believe it. <laughs> You're like, this is what actually should have been said or has been said or what has been proven like i always loved the irony of that it's like saint francis wouldn't have said this because he himself was a preacher and known for preaching i I find it absolutely hilarious so the next question that i want to ask before we dive into some more of the of the individuals that i have some questions about what was one of the ones that um if there was one um, of the 40 that you looked at, what was one that you actually thought was an authentic saint quote? And then when you looked into it, you actually found out, oh, wow, I, I, I didn't know this before. Yeah, there were a few like that. I mean, I've always been suspicious of a lot of these quotes. Um, I think there was one by Fulton Sheen that I had heard that uh, an atheist is a man without invisible support. And I thought it was him, but when I dug deeper, it seems like he didn't actually say that or it hasn't attributed to other people. Uh, ironically, when I used to describe these fake quotes, I used to say, uh, well, they get around so much because, as Mark Twain said, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has time to put its shoes on. But it turns <laughs> out that was Jonathan Swift. It wasn't Mark Twain. I mean, it, 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 happens, it happens to everybody. <laughs> that's hilarious I, I love the my favorite one that i've seen the last couple of years is a, a picture it's kind of like a meme it's not funny but it's a me, you know picture with words on it of abraham lincoln it says don't believe everything you read on the internet a quote from abraham lincoln it's like that's well, right no he passed away a few years before the internet came out so um now that we you know uh, we've gotten through a couple of questions with you i have a couple of questions for you so, um, one, you know, kind of these platitudes that I have heard people say that I want to kind of dive into. One is, um, God helps those who help themselves. And the quote, it's attributed to the Bible, question mark. So, so what's going on with that one? Yeah, when you ask people to name a quote from the Bible, 
80% of people will say that one, God helps those who help themselves. Uh, it's not from the Bible. It enter, it actually, its earliest reference comes from early fables about the Roman god Hercules. So it's from an early fable, a man's trying to pull his cart, and he says, Hercules, come down and help me. And Hercules comes down, and he says, tut, tut, Hercules helps those who help themselves. <laughs> and so if you won't move your cart, why should I? And that's where it started. It entered American uh, folklore and the American mindset when it was printed as a proverb in uh, Port Richard's Almanac, which was authored by Ben Franklin. So it's not from the Bible. And in fact, the Bible contradicts this because God, throughout Scripture, uh, his reputation is actually he helps those who can't help themselves, the poor, widows, and sinners, because as sinners, we cannot approach God on our own efforts. He must help us out of our sins. We can't get ourselves to God. We can only accept or reject his offer of salvation. Well, there you go. You are, you are preaching up a storm and using your words. I'm very proud of you. And also, I've never heard the term tut-tut not come out of Winnie the Pooh's mouth when he's saying it's going to look like rain. So, that, Right. That would be a, the British rendition of these fables. Whenever I read them online, they always have Hercules for some reason says, tut-tut. <laughs> what does tut-tut even mean? Do you have any idea? I'm not quite sure. I think it means something like, bring yourself to attention, good sir. <laughs> That'll be uh, your next book, Tut Tut by Trent Horn. Right, right. <laughs> basically. All right, now we're going to get into and in in uh, the ones that I actually kind of enjoy. And I've I until I saw your book, I thought that they were saint quotes, and I actually kind of like some of these. So I want you to burst my bubble. We'll see if it uh, takes away any of my joy or just makes me laugh. We'll see what happens. So here's All right. here's one that I like. Pray as though everything depended on God. Act as if everything depended on you. Why is that wrong, Trent? Well, first, uh, it's attributed to St. Ignatius of Loyola, but even, and you can actually find that in the Catechism, paragraph 2384, attributes it to Loyola, and it cites uh, Joseph Weber's 19th century study of uh, the Jesuits. The book is out of print, but I managed to get a copy of the book, and in the footnote, uh, Guibert actually says, well, the sentiment may be there, but we don't find these words uh, actually in St. Ignatius' writing. So he didn't say it. And the problem with the quote is that it creates something where it splits prayer and work as if they're put into two watertight compartments. So you pray, and, you know, I'll pray and get, you know, put God on my team. All right, I got my prayer over here. And now I'm going to actually work, and I'm going to get it done with my elbow grease and on my own terms. God will do his thing, I'll do my thing. Uh, whereas actually, in a letter to Francis Borgia that I include in the book, St. Ignatius simply said that he thought it was an error to either do it all by yourself or all on God, but to, to trust and incorporate all works and prayers to him. So we should unite all work and all prayer to God and not create a weird thing where we separate them into different compartmental aspects of our lives. I got you. That that actually makes sense because just like the one we talked about earlier, um, where you were saying preach the gospel and necessarily use words, like there can be you can read that within the Catholic like within Catholic truth, but you could also read it in a different way that is against Catholic truth. And, and I can see uh, what you're saying here too is that like if if I can see people reading it, and I I may have even read this my, this way myself, is like all right, I'm going to spend this time in prayer. And then I'm doing my thing for the rest of the day. And like, no, like we need to, you know, be in consistently in the presence of the Lord um, throughout the throughout the 
regular things of our day right and and combining that, those two things so i, I like that yeah, that's a good explanation offer, we can offer up our work to god we offer up our work offer up everything we do not merely our prayers all right here's another one i like and maybe it's my sinister side that likes it um so i'm interested to see what you have to say the road he, you have it as the the road to hell is paved with the bones of bishops the way or the bones of priests the way i've heard it is that the roads of hell are paved with the bone or with the skulls of bishops? So even even then, we already have heard it differently. So some, something's going on. Um, what's going on with that one? Because that one, I heard that and I was like, "Wow, that's strong language." Yes, it's very strong, and there's a sentiment here that's true. First, it's attributed to Saint John Chrysostom. Uh, we find a similar sentiment in his writings. It's a concern, a warning. Uh, about the perils of being a bishop and, you know, the perils of leadership in the church. But we don't find this quote. Um, the earliest reference I found, there's a reference to it in the works of uh, Wesley, the founder of the Protestant founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley. Uh, and there's a, a gloss. We're not sure if he said, you know, it's, he attributes it to Chrysostom or to someone else. And we're not sure if he says that it's it paved with the souls or the skulls. Uh, that might be a textual error the issue there. But we don't find it. So what makes this problem what makes it problematic is if you take this too far and think that you know, and there are fundamentalists who will take this to mean that in just simply being a priest or a bishop, uh, you're destined to go to hell uh, because of you know taking on this certain clerical duty. You're doomed in taking on the you know working for this corrupt church or, or something like that. Um, but if you read it to mean uh, that those, and this is what we see in the letter of James, for example, in Scripture, when Jesus says to more that is given, more that will be expected. Uh, the more spiritual responsibility one is given, the more we will, you will be held accountable at the time of judgment, because you should have known better. So this is a warning to anyone, not just priests, but if you're a RE teacher, youth minister, podcaster, whoever you may be, the more you come to know about your faith, the less you can plead ignorance to God later. So if we take that lesson, that's fine. But I think some people can take the quote a little too far. Trent Horn calling me out on the floor on my own podcast. <laughs> Same here. I have a podcast too. <laughs> Both of us. Yeah, it's great. Congratulations, by the way. I saw that's getting getting started here pretty, you know, uh, yeah. here in the last couple of couple of weeks or so. Um, yeah. It's exciting. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting because the way that I've always I've always read this is kind of a challenge to myself and my my fellow people in ministry like yourself. Um, of like, hey, just because you're around church and you're serving the church all the time isn't your t- automatic ticket into heaven. You know, there's still, you, you can still go to either place, no matter where you work. So, hey, thanks for coming and clearing a lot of this stuff up for us. Um, how can people find the book? Because obviously, you know, there's 40 of them. We scratched the surface of about six of them. Where can they find it? Uh, I'd recommend an online book retailer. You can visit our shop at shop.catholic.com and search there for what the saints never said, or you could ask for it at a local Catholic bookstore. That's fantastic. And and you've got, you do have the podcast. What does your podcast cover? Uh, my podcast covers how to explain and defend the faith. I approach a different topic every week. Um, there's a, a general episode released through iTunes and Google Play each week, and premium episodes for our subscribers. Uh, so those who subscribe to the podcast can go to trentpornpodcast.com. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton, Trent. I appreciate you coming on again. Many blessings on your podcast on the success of this book. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. All right, guys, we will be right back for our final segment of the day. Hang in there.
Hey, it's me again. Quick little plug I want to throw your way. If you ever want me to come and help make Catholicism fun again at your parish or an event that you are hosting, I uh, play music. I speak. I love making people laugh, hanging out, talking about the faith, just like we do here on the show. I would love to do it at your next event. Head on over to fortecatholic.com slash booking. You can find out um, all the events that I'm doing, and you can also book me to come out to yours. Thanks a ton. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I hope you're having a pleasant day today. I sure am. It's been a fun day. Started the day off with some volleyball. It's beautiful here in Bryan College Station as we record from the Red Sea Radio Intergalactic Studios. You know why I said Intergalactic Studios, right? Because Thanos is coming this week. Oh, yeah. Only the nerds got that reference, and I'm not going to explain it. Okay. Speaking of nerds, Sam. Sam is here. She is our producer. I'm not a nerd. I just want to clear that up before you say that. It was just an easy joke. Mackenzie wants to talk. She's pointing herself. Are you too a nerd? Do you want me to call you a nerd? I'm more of a nerd than Sam is. I'm just going to say that. I don't know. Is that an argument you want to win? Yes. She she likes to win that argument. Yes. It's the only argument you could win. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. Well, it's true. (laughs) Watch me win this one. (laughs) It's true now. You're getting married in a month. Then you'll win all the arguments. (laughs) You have to lose all of them until you get married. Then you win all of them. No, I win all of them already still. That's that's incorrect, Macca. This is my show. I'm always right. You know no, why? I was talking about to Because Joey. I can mute your... Oh, what's wrong? Oh, no, your mic's not working. I'm so sorry about that. Hi. Oh, she just stole <laughs> Sam's microphone. Okay, I, 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 I'm done with you. Sam. Yes, I'm back. Baby, I'm back. Yeah. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to continue this for the next couple of weeks. Either I'm going to keep asking you or... Audience, I'm going to ask you. Mm. So pay attention, audience, as I talk to um, not nerd Sam right now, because there are seven segments left that we have to talk about, seven ideas that we have to talk about. Sam, you're going to pick one for us to finish off the show today. And... uh, Guys, if you are listening and want to let me know on social media which one you want to hear next week, or if you want to go to um, iTunes and leave a review and in the comment section, write which one you want me to talk about, rake, rate them, rake them. I don't know if you want to rake them. That's kind of weird. Put them in order or something? Yeah, put them in order. Rank, rate. I don't care what you do. Just do something and give me five stars on iTunes, please. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Sam. Yes. Do you remember what the other seven are? Do you have them memorized? Uh, no, but Mackenzie wrote them down. So. She did. They are service, yes. ambition, mm-hmm. crazy stories from the books of book of Acts. Yep. Bad puns. Taylor thinking about other religions, taking risks. You talking about guilt or shame, guilt and shame. <laughs> that changes every time you say that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Which and, one do you and want? An old crouchy Taylor, old, by the way. Crouch, crouchy. Isn't that what we said? No. Crouchy. Crouchy is like me, like getting shorter, like. I don't. That's a really weird thing. I can't crouching. describe what crouching is. We all know what oh, it is. Oh, I guess what I is, understand. Like crouching, crouching tiger. Crotchety is, I think, the word you're looking for. That's so ratchet. Okay. Um, ratchet is something used in wood shops. <laughs> 
Is it my? I get, I get to choose now. Uh, yes, I've been waiting on you to choose. For I forever. choose service. Okay, so uh, I've listed them one through eight, and you have went in the order one, two. This is thrilling radio. Sam. Yes. Okay. Well, um, and I think you have a reason why you want me to talk about service. Why is that, Samantha? Samantha Leanne Shepard. That's not my name. Yes, it um, is. My middle name starts with an M, by the way. Um, Morgan not an L. Freeman. That, okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, no, we had a service retreat this weekend, so I know that you came and gave the talk at the high school side. I did. I showed a picture of you. It was not a picture of me. <laughs> It was just a random black girl <laughs> that he found. So I swear, here's here's what I'm going to do. Um, in promoting this podcast, I'm going to post a picture of Sam currently. Sam, uh, where's my phone? I'm going to take a picture of you right now. No, you have to take a picture of me as a kid. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to put up the other picture. No, because right now no, my hair is blonde. No, I, I know. It's that's dyed. The, that's the point. My hair is not girl's actually. hair is blonde in the picture. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I'm going to post the picture that I just took here while recording this segment that we're not doing anything in. <laughs> and then I'll put, you just snort it on the radio. I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> I'm going to so, go edit it myself. You don't know how to do that. It's true. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'll post the picture of you and the other girl and uh, we'll see who's, who's more wrong. <laughs> and a, a picture of me too. A little picture of me. No. And they can vote which one's more closest. No, here's the deal. Because you never like, I will like tag you and stuff. Like you're you're a part of the show. Like you talk on the show and stuff. You're right. here every week. You never share anything about the show on social media. I'll like tag you in it. And you're just like, I don't care about that. I'd rather search Facebook for depressing things. Oh, I didn't know I had to share it. It always pops up. I thought I mean, it automatically did it. No, that's what old people think. <laughs> not, why would there be a share button? If that was the case. Well, my name is on it, so I thought it automatically did it. Mackenzie, you need to speak into a microphone, but I I took yours. (laughs) If I take your microphone, it means you're done. (laughs) It doesn't mean you get to talk from over here. (laughs) Dang it, Mackenzie. Jeez, nerd. Okay. Are we going to talk about service? Or I what? don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm I said talk service. About, I'm going to talk about service then. Okay, let's talk about service. You told me to. Yeah. So I started off by asking um, them why they were here. It's a group of uh, high school students that were on a service retreat. And I know the motives of high school students because I too was in high school once, uh, 10 years ago. That's crazy. My 10 year reunion was last year. Apparently, I didn't do anything for it. Good. Okay. So, so wait, what year is it? <laughs> okay, no, it's this year. Okay, sorry. I uh, got ahead of myself there. So I asked them why they were here. And they gave a few answers. You know, a weekend with friends or to help people. And one person said Jesus. I'm like, that's that's not why you're here. Don't lie to me. <laughs> that's the that's the correct answer. Uh, you know, it's like the the heart answer, right? There's the correct answer, then there's the heart or hard answer. It's like what's what's the actual reason you're here? I know the correct Christian answer, but why are you here? I, 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 I know you people. I've been hanging out with most of you for, you know, the last three years. You're not here because of Jesus. <laughs> it's like, then we got into it, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm here for the pretty girls." Like, they were. It was really funny because for the most part, we didn't have them sit like that. For the most part, it was guys on one side and girls on the other. And then there were like six guys sitting in the girls section. I was like. I, I know why you're here. Like, it's quite obvious from sitting up here on the front. Um, pretty girls, weekend with friends, uh, to help people. Like, it was a service retreat. Like, okay, I was like, I'm going to let that one slide. To be a part of, of a community. 
And then I really, I, I really got to the heart of the matter. I said, how many of you are here for service hours, either for confirmation prep or for school or NHS? And like, you know, 94% of them raised their hand. I'm like, good. Now you don't have to go to confession because you were lying, but I made you tell the truth. So somehow that makes it okay. So um, going along the theme of knowing exactly who they are, I wanted to start off this retreat, you know, like, why do we serve? But again, I didn't want to give like the holy answer. Like we, we covered the holy answer the next morning. I wanted to get really at their heart and ask them a question. And Sam, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not sure if, uh, let's see if you remember. Let's see if you were paying attention. Let's see if you ever listen when I speak. <laughs> Hopefully I was there at this point. I think you were. Uh, maybe you weren't. No, I don't think you actually were. So if you don't, if you don't uh, know the answer, I'll still be mad at you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you currently, many of you are listening on Red Sea Radio. Some of you are listening on St. Michael Radio. Some of you are listening on a podcast. Have have you ever listened, Sam, to WIIFM? No. No. I put up this picture. It's this cool little, you know, cool little image. It looks like a cool little radio thing, like WIIFM. I tricked them. I lied to them because they were lying to me. I figured it was only fair. <laughs> It's an acronym. Sam, were you there? You know, first of all, do you know what an acronym is? Yes, it means... Someone who flips in trapezes at circuses. Nope, that's that, that's not it. That's not not quite. Um, the, the letters stand for like a word. Like yes. Each letter stands for a Th- word. There you go. It, that's, it goes that's together. Not, the letter stands for words, yes. So uh, W-I-I-I-F-M. And the, the picture that I showed says everybody's listening to it. Like it's a popular radio station. The acronym is What's In It For Me. I think, yeah, okay, good. I think I knew that one. You were there and not listening. Okay, so (laughs) What's In It For Me, right? That's the acronym. So that's where I went with this whole service thing. What's in it for me? Why serve? Okay, it's not the holiest of reasons (laughs) to serve, but it's very natural and it's where many of these kids were. And if we're being honest with ourselves, it's probably where a lot of us are. Mm. I'm going to pray. Why? Because I want to get closer to Jesus. Okay, maybe that's your answer. <laughs> all the is that your answer all the time? Sometimes Probably it's like, what's in time. it for me? Sometimes I pray because I want eight radio segments <laughs> prepared for me. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> why? Why do we pray? Why do we serve? Okay, let's let let's let's try to figure out what the Jesus has to say about this. To is why we serve is to use our God given talents or gifts. To make the world a better place. That's just a very simple answer, right? It's not the holiest answer in the world. In the world, Like there are some people, you could hear that outside of church too. Why do we serve? Oh, I'm using my God-given gifts and talents. You can hear athletes or musicians say that, that all the time. To make the world a better place. Fairly, fairly simple, right? I've talked before, uh, so we won't dive completely into it, that gifts are better when they're shared. So if you're a fantastic sh- a singer and you only sing in the bathtub, and you never sing for other people, you're wasting that gift, right? Because other, it can inspire other people. We've all been somewhere, whether it's at a concert or at church, where like, I mean, especially at church, somebody's singing, and it just moves you. It's powerful. I think of the movie Sing. I, that was the first movie. I'll never forget that movie, because it's the first movie I ever took my oldest son to. First time I ever went to the movie theater with one of my children. And there's an elephant in it who is a great singer, but she's very shy. 
I talked about this on on the show like a year ago when I did it because I I think Sam's a lot like the outfit. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, it's Sam. But it's like, but, but not in the in the bad sense, right? Like this this isn't an equal comparison. Because in the movie, the, the elephant's very shy. She has the best voice in the entire show. <laughs> she has the absolute best voice on the entire show, but she won't sing because she's nervous. She doesn't like being in front of crowds. It's like, so she wasn't like intently not using that gift or like being like, I don't like this gift. But she just wasn't ready or groomed or prepared to share it yet. And over the course of the movie, she does. And she ends up blowing everybody away. <clears throat> so the same question could be for us. Like, if it's singing or if it's hospitality or like whatever your gift is, if we're not using it to make the world a better place, you don't have to be like, like I work in ministry. A lot of my gifts and talents are being used for and by the church, right? But like if you, you don't have to work for the church to use your gifts for God's glory or to, or to just make the world a better place. Like I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, accountants, but I don't know how many, like accountants can be like, yes, I make, I'm building God's kingdom through my accounting work. It's like, okay, like if you work for a church, but, but if that's what you're good at, you can glorify God by using that gift well. And then all the other things that come through it, right? You can encounter people. Like I, I will never be on a floor with other accountants to be able to impact their lives. You will. I'll never have the money that good accountants make. You will, and you can give to poor missionaries like me, right? Like there, are, there, are, there. In, in, no matter what your gift is, you can use it to make the world a better place and to help people. All right. So in First Peter, chapter four, verse ten, it says, "As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace." It's just reaffirming this point that if you've been given a gift, use it to serve one another. And in doing so, you are serving God because he's given you that gift and you are responsible for, for using and utilizing that gift. Now, here's, here's where we, we really got into it. And, it's, and we're still answering the question of what's in it for me. What is in it for me? Well, serving others is serving God. Okay, that still sounds like that's for God, not for me. But even the scriptures, because the scriptures are... God's inspired word, who knows the human heart better than God, he even shares, I'm going to share two of them with you, where he's even like, this is good for you, I promise. In Matthew 25, verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers, you did for me. So how is this good for me? If I'm serving somebody, another person, I'm serving God. And why is serving God a good thing? Because he says in 2 Chronicles 15, 7, but as for you, be strong, do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. There we go. We will get rewarded for the good things that we do. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He's not going to forget it, and he's going to reward you. Like, if he gives you these gifts, you give them to other people, he is going to give you a gift in return. That ultimate gift is heaven, right? Show me a faith without works, and I'll show you the faith that's dead. In using our gifts, in serving other people, and sharing them 
with other people. We are glorifying God and God will reward us for that. So that's what's in it for us. It brings us closer to God. God died to become closer to you and to bring us all the happiness we could ever want. If you want to be happy, like Drake said, follow God's plan. (laughs) Okay. And the final quote from Mother Teresa, because every good talk on service has to end with a quote from Mother Teresa. That's, That's written in the Giving Talk Handbook on page 14. We, we think sometimes that poverty is only being hungry, naked, and homeless. The poverty of being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for is the greatest poverty. We must start in our own homes to remedy this kind of poverty. So how can you serve in your day? I'm going to serve you right now by just giving you a sneak peek into some of these bad puns. We watch, me and my son like watching these things called dad jokes. Sam, are you ready for this? Some fantastic puns we got going here. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Hey, Sam, today at the bank, an old lady asked me to check her balance. So I pushed her over. (laughs) (laughs) That's awful. Sam, what do you call a blind dinosaur? What? Uh, Do you think he saw us? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What is happening? Why did the Apple Watch lose the fight to a grandfather clock? Why? The clock had hands. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, Sam, I heard about a restaurant on the moon. Uh-huh. Great food. No atmosphere. Oh, my gosh. My dog used to chase people on a bike a lot. It got so bad, I had to take his bike away. Your dog? <laughs> yeah, my dog was right chasing people on his bike. Terrible. Uh, what is happening? What do you call two guys hanging on a window? What? Kurt and Rod. <laughs> my favorite one guys this is forte catholic where we are making some fun again we will be back next week see ya Howdy, folks. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Forte Catholic. To find previous episodes, you can always find them at ForteCatholic.com, along with everything else Forte Catholic, speaking, music, whatever you want, it is there. Thanks a ton. Peace.